Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey out there rock and rollers, welcome to the 159th episode of the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast, brought to you by me, your host, Mac B. the Wolf, and I will be joined as usual by my co-host and partner in crime, Gary Action Jackson from the East Coast of the United States of America. And we appreciate everybody for tuning in, spending some of your holiday time with us. We really appreciate if you tuned in last week to hear from director Toby Amy on his fantastic documentary in the court of the Crimson King, King Crimson at 50. You can get that on video on demand everywhere at this point. He was a funny guy. He's worked at MTV. He's had a great career and getting to know the members of King Crimson, including the mercurial Robert Fripp, made for a fascinating documentary. And I do hope you check that out. But this week, we're going to tackle a subject that everyone seems to get into this time of year, and that's rock and roll Christmas songs. Now, I will admit I'm a little bit of a Scrooge this time of year. I think a lot of the singing is overdone. I think people who listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving are idiots. I think some of the songs are not that good, and yet for some reason, they get played every year anyway. So I wanted to make a list of the stuff that I actually like, the good Christmas songs, the ones you can count on every year. And so Jackson and I both have our own list. We're going to walk through top 10 from number 10 up to number one, side by side. We'll also throw in some also rans or honorable mentions at the end there. But lists always stir up a little bit of controversy, and I'm sure this will be no different. Just know, yes, we're calling it Christmas songs. It doesn't mean we're excluding anybody who isn't Christian or doesn't celebrate Christmas. It's just, it is a genre of song, and it has been for many, many decades. Actually, many centuries, if you want to go back far enough. And so we did it for Christmas songs. So no, there's no Hanukkah song by Adam Sandler, because it's not a Christmas song. And we don't want to not include anybody. We're certainly not discriminating against anyone. We just know that the Christmas song is a genre. It's something that we hear every year for at least a month leading up to the big day. And then there's some that, they just get on my nerves. So we're going to try to focus on the good ones here, and we hope you enjoy that. Now, before we get into it, a little bit of business to take care of. We are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, a network of about 100 different shows, music-related. There really is something in there for everyone. We've had a lot of great additions to the team this year, including the Metallica Report, Metallica's own podcast, hosted by Steph Shirazi and Renee Richardson, who we had on this summer. Great show, and you can learn more about all of our shows at PantheonPodcast.com or follow them at Pantheon Pods. And a word out to our sponsor, we've been getting so many purchases from RareVinyl.com lately using the ugly 
code, which will save you 10%. So we appreciate everybody out there who listens and is using the code to save a little bit this holiday season. Get your special someone, something they really love, or maybe you're just getting something for yourself. Either way, use code UGLY at rarevinyl.com. You'll save 10%. Now, as this airs on December 14th for the first time, outside of the UK, you might not get it before Christmas. But for folks in the UK, you've still got a chance. So go to rarevinyl.com. They've got a quarter million items in stock. They've got CDs, LPs, singles, imports, tour programs, posters, ticket stubs, all sorts of great stuff. So find a treasure that you or someone you love would really like to have under the tree or in their stocking this year. Use code UGLY. Save yourself 10%. At least you might get the shipping knocked off. And there's ways to get it there before Christmas. But maybe you're like me and you have a loved one who has a birthday after Christmas you need something for. Hey, the code's still good. Use ugly at rarevinyl.com to save yourself 10%. Now back to our Christmas songs. Some are standards that have been around for decades, and we heard them as little kids growing up. Some of these came out while we were coming of age, and we would see them on MTV, and they had a big impact on our lives. Some we may not have realized their majesty until later in life. But we tried to narrow it down to just 10, and then we tried to rank them in an order that made sense. So here we go. It's Christmas time at the Wolf's house, and we're doing the top 10 Christmas rock songs here on The Wolf. So we endeavored this year to really take on this holiday Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. by talking. we, We decided to, since we had so much fun doing our top 10 rock band free agents, that we decided to put together our own top 10 christmas rock songs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what kind of criteria did you use to decide not only who gets on the list but where do they end up like on the list well so it has to be some kind of rock act or even a song that was maybe not my favorite version but covered by rock people okay and it had to make me think of christmas like i had to have some kind of memories from the song yeah exactly that's the way i looked at it was like was this something that i heard growing up was it something that i would look forward to hearing mm-hmm. right you know starting after thanksgiving you know for a month every year and i'll tell you when we were kids they started to make you know this a very special christmas album right i think that was 87 the first one came out that's right the first one mm-hmm. was 87 and it always had the cover art by keith herring yeah yeah who uh is an artist from new york died of aids fairly young and it was produced to benefit the special olympics and jimmy iovine impresario that he is now produced it you know uh oversaw it and eventually they made several more i mean i think they end up making five or six and i have a bunch of them mm-hmm. but the first one was phenomenal and it went quadruple platinum before the turn of the century yeah it had some real heavy hitters on there and and i don't remember there being a rock and roll christmas compilation before this this was the first big one and i've got a couple on here from that record i do too (laughs) i do too and you know and there's some that i mean look if we had done this in 19 or you know when we lived together 30 years ago probably half of my top 10 would have been from this original record Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and as a record collector eventually i went out and got some more because you got to do that and you got to let new artists in you know that that weren't on the first one or who have evolved you know and stuff like that so but, but some, of course, are classics, and they've been around a long time. Oh, but before we get into it, though, 
Yes. I just want to say mm-hmm. that people who listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. piss me off. <laughs> okay. Okay. And why is that? Because it's it's not Christmas, damn it. And my wife, I love her very much. And she's one of these people. And she loves Christmas music. Oh, and boy. I've got, in this town that I live in, there's only about five radio stations that I can stomach to listen to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though 40% of their playlist is Guns N' Roses, Bon Jovi, Pat Benatar, and Queen, if I had to force them to not play those for a whole day, they'd have to, you know, they'd scramble. They wouldn't know what to do because they play them all the time. But, you know, so I got about five radio stations. Well, one of them decides that starting November 1st, the day after Halloween, we're going to play Christmas music all the way through to the end of the year. Like, that's when you know your program director is a total loser. Can't come up with anything for one-sixth of the year, for 17% of the year. It's like, we'll just, oh, we'll just make it Christmas, and then everyone will listen to us. You know, we'll get a jump on everybody else, right? Yeah. Such a pain in the ass. No, we've we've come to the, it's not a stalemate, but it's an understanding that I don't want to hear anything about Christmas before Thanksgiving, but- the Friday after Thanksgiving, it's all Christmas all the time. So, yeah. and I'm I'm okay with that. That's fine because my problem is if I didn't do it, then it would be like the 23rd. Like, you gonna put the tree in? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll get right on that. So it's all up. It's ready to go, and now we can enjoy some a couple of weeks of Christmas here. Yeah, that's a fair bargain, right? You can't listen to mm. it before, right? You can't listen to it after. It's December 26th. I hear that. <laughs> I'm breaking the radio. <laughs> you can't, but between Thanksgiving and Christmas, you want to play it. I can't really tell you not to. Although there's this one song, maybe we'll talk about it at the end. I hate so much. <laughs> that could be the honorable mentions. Uh, also, I well, guess, yeah. piece of crap. I did. There are honorable mentions. Yes, of course. But uh, but that would probably be for next year's top ten worst Christmas songs. <laughs> Which, I mean, we're going to, and here's the thing, knowing society as I do, the people will like the ones we hate more than the ones we like. Yes. They want you to bag on things and not say how much you love them. Exactly. This is Uncle Steve from Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, and you are listening to The Wolf and Action Jackson on the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast right now. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. So, yes. All right. So I'll we'll, we'll each do our 10. We'll each do our nine and eight. We'll yeah, kind of yeah. climb up together like before. Right. All right. So why don't you kick off number 10? Who? What's your number 10 song for Christmas? Rock song. I don't feel good about this, but I'm going to do it anyway. It is the 1991 classic from ACDC, Mistress for Christmas. Now, why don't you feel good about that? Well, because let's uh, let's go through the uh, the lyrics real quick. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. I can't wait till Christmas time when I can grope you in the hay. <laughs> some of the lyrics that go through this. I always love this song because uh, it came out on the Razor's Edge, which I bought 13 seconds after I could, and it's one of those songs where they it gets forgotten about because you know it's got their bigger tracks on this. I don't think this was released as a Christmas song. Mm -hmm. Uh, like on any kind of compilation or anything it's just funny and it's gross and it's (laughs) you know it's one of those things what do you want for christmas i want a mistress for christmas (laughs) wink wink So I know it always it has a special place in my heart because it does remind me that you know Christmas is a time for je- for joy and forgiving, but you do have to have some time to be a disgusting person, also. Yes, yes, and it's very ACDC. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was on their last great album. Mm-hmm. So yes, I, I'm totally with you. I understand. And there's a possibility this may also be oh. on my list a little bit later. All right. Um, so that means it would have come out in 1990. But yes, okay, very good. Number 10 for me. 
Yes. It's also a little nasty. <laughs> <laughs> but not nasty the same way, but it's it's Father Christmas by the Kinks. Ah, okay. Because I had to have something that was more of an English song than necessarily a U.S. song. And, you know, living in the U.K. for those several Christmases, you know, I, I of course, learned that, yeah, they have some songs that are bigger Christmas hits there, and maybe we don't know them over here. This one is is one that we've definitely heard in America a lot uh, mm-hmm. over the years. But it's sung from the perspective of a bunch of like council flat kids who are mugging a a, a mall Santa and say, mm-hmm. "All right, leave your presents for the rich kids. Just give us your money, you know, right. or get my mom and dad a job, kind of thing." You know, so it's funny, but there's also kind of that bitterness, that kind of undertone, you know, because I think the B side was like, I don't know, it was, it was a punk song or something like that, because the punk okay. thing was really taken off. Oh, Prince of the Punks. Uh, was the was the B side, you know, and so the the Kinks probably had a little bit of resurgence, you know, after the seventies had all those blown up rock stars and the prog stuff, and to get back to something raw, which is what they were known for in the sixties, was probably probably good for them. But it's it's got a good riff to it too. Mm-hmm. Before I knew what they were really singing about. I always liked it. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a pretty good rocking Christmas song. This isn't just, you know, Ave Maria or something, you know, <laughs> silly like this. This has a little edge to it, right? So I'm like, all right, yeah, I like this. And who doesn't like the kinks, you know? So. But the last time I played Father Christmas, I stood outside a department store. A gang of kids came over and bugged me and knocked my reindeer to the floor. He said, Right. I, I actually have this one up a little bit higher on, on my list. I love this song. I love Ray Davies. I love the fact that it kind of starts off like sweet, like, oh, I remember when I was. And then, you know, it goes into here's what happened last Christmas. I got beat up. These kids <laughs> wanted money from me. Father Christmas, give us some money. But then in the middle part, he goes into the, hey, remember that there are people that don't have anything. There's kind of a little refrain there that he puts in there. I think I think Ray Davies is somebody who doesn't get enough credit either as being he's very satirical. He's very like. You know, he'll say something in kind of a directly, but in a non-direct way. Mm. And I think that it comes through in this song and it's, it's a rocking song to listen to, but I think it has a little more meat to it as far as the message. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely true. And I, I agree with you on, on Ray Davies. I, it was like in the sixties, it was like the kinks, the who, the stones, the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it was the eighties, it was like the, the kinks, at least in America, weren't really on that list anymore. Like they're still legends and all. And even though they had the, Come Dancing song right. that was big in the 80s. That was more pop, though, instead of rock. And so exactly. they, yeah, they, they they had that resurgence, but it was never the same edge that they had back in the 60s. That's right. So I, I had to include the kinks on here because I, I think it's a, a darn fine song. All right. Okay. But, I'll, uh, but for my number nine, yeah. I went very old school. Okay. I went Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby okay. Helms. Okay. Which is a classic. And obviously, it's also been covered by other people over the years. I just remember it being, I mean, 1957 is a long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. But I also remember it being in Lethal Weapon. Right. That's the original Lethal Weapon. I have it on my list, and that's why I have it on there because it's so, they're playing that as she's falling. 
out of the window yeah. onto the car. As she did so much coke and poison. Yeah. Correct. That she's jumping off the high-rise mm-hmm. condo. Yeah. Naked, of course. Well. That was, gosh, that was just action movies in the 80s, man. They just. Well, that's, that's, I was, I was thinking, making this list, I was thinking about that and that came up to me and I'm thinking, we've got to do the movie thing. We have to, because I was like, Lethal Weapon is a great movie. It's a great, it's a great movie. It's a great snapshot in time. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. If you go through that movie, like, wow, you could never make that today. No, 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 you can't, you can't but, but just the, just the juxtaposition of that. And then you get into the whole argument of what is a Christmas movie. Like is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Well, but and you know, how about Lethal Weapon? Like it takes place. I mean, the opening scene, he's buying a Christmas tree. Well, it's a drug deal, but you know, yes, it's with Christmas Anthony Kiedis's father, by the way. Correct. Uh, Correct. So for another rock and roll tie in there. Yes. So, yeah. No, no. I just had this conversation. We went out to dinner with some friends on Saturday night. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, we haven't been out to dinner in a while. See our friends. They started to ask me, you know, what are your favorite Christmas movies? And I'm like. It's Die Hard. It's it's easy because mm-hmm. that's not a Christmas movie. I'm like, it takes place oh, but during the Nakatomi Christmas party. Mm-hmm. You know, they're playing Christmas in Hollis on the radio when Argyle picks them up. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, for that matter, so is Die Hard too. Right. So is Lethal Weapon. You know, uh, so yeah, Trading Lethal- Places. Yeah, that's a Christmas movie Correct for sure. Mundo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, right, right. So so that counts. But then, I mean, go back to this song. I mean, this has done pretty well over the years. I mean, it went to number three on the Billboard Hot 100, and on the holiday list, it went to number two, and number six on the bestsellers, and number 13 most played by disc jockeys, and even number three on the Rolling Stone Top 100 of, like, Christmas songs, you know, so... It's a pretty big deal. All and Oates did a cover of this too. Which I is remember the video. Goofy. Yeah, yeah. With G. Smith is in there with them. A little bit poignant now that you figure it's Christmas time. You know, Hall and Oates were this great. They were making hits every other day there, and now they've reduced themselves to suing each other. Yeah, it's kind of sad. It is a little sad. I, I almost sent you the article. I'm like, this duo, you know, is like suing each other. I'm like, please don't let this happen to us. I'm like, <laughs> well, see, here's the problem. Or here, well, actually, it's not the problem. It's the it's the, the reality. Well, save us. Well, it's the it's what will save us too. Is they're suing each other over money. We don't make any money, so we're we don't have any money to sue each other for. <laughs> Where are we going to get the lawyers to sue each other? Yeah. <laughs> That's so going to happen. We're, we're totally safe. <laughs> I think you're right about that. <laughs> Jingle bells swing and jingle bells ring Snowing and blowing up bushels of fun Now the jingle hop has begun Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock but that's that's my number nine, the old right. Jingle Bell Rock. How about you? Okay. Well, you're gonna have to hang on for this one because this may not be pretty. All right. Number nine is Last Christmas from Wham. Oh my god. Right. Now I said hold on because the song is a little cheesy, but it reminds yeah. me of being a kid coming now. This was like, you know, this was a Christmas song that was done by people I knew. But the one thing that makes it big for me is the MTV tie-in. Because when was the last time you saw this video? Oh, I haven't maybe ever. Okay. They're in I can't even pronounce this correctly. I think it's Zas Free or Zas Fee, Switzerland. 
Okay. It's um, it's kind of the greatest looking place on the face of the earth. It's in the Alps. They're taking this gondola up to this chalet. And I was remember thinking to myself as a kid, man, that's just what you do if you're cool and you're a rock star and you, you know, where am I going to go for Christmas? Of course you go to Switzerland. What's wrong with you? You go yeah. skiing with all your, your rock and roll friends. And it's just this, it's selling you this sexy lifestyle. That's what MTV was. And it always reminds me of that. And just wanting to like, man, I got to I mean, that's just what I have to do. Come on. This is this is what you do when you're an adult. <laughs> Not so much, but that's what sold it for me. I gotcha, I guess. The other thing is, too, the uh, George Michael and his, uh, his lady friend from the video apparently went to Supercuts on the same day and got the same <laughs> haircut, so that's nice. Yeah, his lady friend, quote unquote. Quote unquote. His beard. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, they, that in looking at this, I I don't know what the deal is. So it was Wham, right? Wham was George Michael, Andrew yeah. Ridgely. That's right. Except for when you go through this, like George Michael wrote all of this, sang the whole thing, both the main part and the harmonies. Kind of wondering what you were up to there, Andrew Ridgely, other than getting a paycheck for apparently just being in the video. Interesting. Don't know. I did yeah. not know that. But yeah, I haven't really seen the video. I mean, literally, if I, I may have seen it when it first came out, but I haven't seen it since then. That did not make my top 10. I'm sure it didn't. Nor did it make my honorable mentions. Because <laughs> I don't like it. And when it comes on, I'm like, oh, Jesus. Oh, no. <sighs> and I could say a lot of politically incorrect things about it, too. In fact, I used to sing a very politically incorrect lyric verse okay. which i'll share with you off the record <laughs> where i'm not putting that in the show but yeah i just i was never a fan of george michaels on any level i always thought wham was like just pop nonsense mm -hmm. pretty boys doing silly things with weak music so i'm like yeah you know that's not that's not for me so <laughs> but i have to endure it every single year and i guess his estate does pretty well from that one but if andrew gets half of it good for andrew think, you know honestly i don't think they get any money from this now that i'm looking at this i think they gave it they literally gave it to some charity oh i may have look they had a great documentary on wham whether you liked them or not the documentary yeah. was fantastic i don't know if it was on netflix or prime or where it was it might have even been on like hbo or something like that but yeah it's it's really good and i think you may be exactly right about that i think they did i thought i read that it was some like it was famine relief or something that yeah they... I, I i think you're right i think you're right yeah and that is good for them. And, and yeah, so I mean, that's that's something you can take for. You might not like the song, but at least you can appreciate the charitable idea. Yeah, sure. And that's what Christmas is all about. Correct. Well, what would your number eight then be, Jackson? Uh, number eight would be. Let me see where we up up up. Uh, would be "Wonderful Christmas" by Mr. Paul McCartney. All right. Yes, a real classic. You, but you only had it at eight. Yeah, and, and I say that because it's when you listen to it, the song is really not that great. The the hook is catchy as hell, and it reminds me, and I love it. But like you know, the rest of it's kind of I don't know. There's not there's not a lot there. Yeah, but I don't know. It's I mean I've never had a Christmas without it. Right, I, it I is the thing. Say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And it's nice. It's cute. I don't know. I, I I think it's a great. I think it's a great Christmas song. But I like it too because uh, there's really nothing in this other than just celebrating the season. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's it's a happy one, right? Yeah. 
And what's ironic is my number eight mm-hmm. is Happy Christmas War is Over by John Lennon and the Plastic Ono Band. Okay. Which is, I don't know if you call it a protest song so much as it is just trying to get people, look, as soon as you want peace, you can have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just have to know that you want it and demand it from your leaders, and then somehow you'll get it. I, you know, it's a little naive to think that, but it, it was kind of part of the whole Beatles thing. It's like when Beatles would say something, everybody would listen. So then they kind of right. said, "Well, you know what? Let's just be about peace. Let's just you know promote peace." Ringo, God love him, still does it every day. Peace and love. Peace, Peace and, love. and love. That's his thing. Yeah, and and you know, and this is something John and Yoko were working on. So. You know, God bless them. They, um, you know, they did it, you know, and it was like activism that they started with their bed-ins at the hotel in Amsterdam where we stayed uh, mm-hmm. when we saw Iron Maiden and did this, you know, for a couple of years. And yes, it's against the Vietnam War. And, you know, they put these things up in Manhattan to wars over if you want it, you know, and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, and, and what's interesting is it came out like December 1st, 1971 in the U.S. It didn't come out till November 72 in the U.K. Mm, okay. I don't know what that yeah. was all about, but that's kind of interesting. And it did okay on the charts. Not not like Jingle Bell Rock. Uh, I mean, we went to number two in the UK eventually. Number nine on the holiday, but top 100, it barely cracked the top 40. I think there might have been some backlash. Like, we don't need these artists telling us mm-hmm. not to do yeah. War, especially one from England who takes marijuana, smokes <laughs> the marijuana cigarettes. <laughs> So this is Christmas And what have you done Another year over And you won't just be gone And so this is Christmas I hope you have but I mean, it went like platinum and gold all, all over the place. So, because mm-hmm. it's John Lennon, whatever he does turns to platinum and gold. So, so it's interesting that we had the two big Beatles at number eight. Yeah, I've got that one higher up on my list. It's it's a little more heavy duty. It always makes me think of Christmas. Like it's not Christmas until I hear that, and the the it's kind of it's a little bit sad too because you know you're talking about the you know the years over you know and what have you done you know you kind of mm-hmm. reflect. And the fact that Len is not here. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Always makes me sad. Gives it some weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true, I suppose. Yeah. I wonder, too, had he not been, had, if he was still here, would it be as sad to me? But I always think about, you know, kind of what what could have been had he not been assassinated. Yeah. And he was murdered. It was like two and a half weeks before Christmas or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like he, and I think he, that's part of it, too, is you kind of, I kind of think about that at this time of year also. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was like 43 years ago this week, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. It was like the yeah. 8th or something like so, that. Yeah. Like. December 8th, mm-hmm. 1980, age 40. Yeah. At 40. Yeah. Mm, but still a great song and always it can't be for me it can't be christmas without that fair enough i'm gonna walk on to number seven here go ahead and it's u2's version of baby please come home okay which was on the first very special christmas record mm-hmm. and 
I don't know. I, I just love it. I, I think Bono's really belting it out on there. Obviously, U2 has this long history of activism and donating their talents to records and causes that, uh, you know, benefit people who really need help. And I just, I, I feel like they did a really good job on it. Now, in my honorable mentions would be Darlene Love's original version of mm-hmm. it, which I'm yeah. pretty sure Phil Spector helped her with. Of course, Darlene Love was... Trish Murtaugh in the Lethal That's Weapon right. series. So it all kind of comes back <laughs> there. But yeah, I just I just love this version of it. And again, it's when it comes on, like because a lot of Christmas songs annoy me. But when this one comes, I'm like, oh, you know what? They do this really well. This is good, yeah. and I, I let it I let it turn up a little bit here. Yeah, this this one's higher. I think this is number three for me. I love this song. I love this rendition. There's a lot of Christmas songs that I can listen to where it, they somebody did it. And it's, eh, you know, whatever, they it, that's okay. It, I don't know who matched him up to this, but yeah, it, it's just his voice is great. The energy is great on this. And it's it's not, it, you like you said, U2 is about protest and it's about helping people out. And that's great. But this is just kind of a straight ahead rocking Christmas song. Yes, that's right. And and they're they do it really well. So I don't know. I, I, I think it's good. Yeah. I think it's good, man. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Very good. What is your what is your number seven? Well, there was Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helm slash Hollow Notes. Then I had Father Christmas. So I'm gonna I'm gonna skip ahead here to to five. Okay. And that's gonna be Run Run Rudolph from Chuck Berry. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. That's as good as it gets. And talk about one that everybody has covered over the years. Right. And and I know that Keith did I think it was even his first solo outing. Yep. Put his toe into the water with that. And it's a great version, but you can't beat Chuck Berry. I'm sorry on That's this right. song. The original, the original yeah. rock and roller man, Chuck Berry. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a little higher on mine. I okay. didn't know we were gonna have so much overlap on this one. Yeah, I didn't either, but oh well, here we are. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not a surprise we are of the same generation. I'm sure if we asked <laughs> our parents to make a list, it would be different. I would think so. Very different. Yeah, I asked my wife on the way in here. I'm like, what's your favorite? And she's like, oh, it's, you know, the King's Choir. I'm like, all right, well, so much for that conversation. We're, we're not talking about the same thing. So she's like, I never liked any of those pop Christmas songs. All right, well, you know, thought we could get something going there, but probably like Any not. of them? Nothing was in her top 10. Wow, really? Correctamundo. Goodness. All right. So anyway, back to back to Chuck Berry. So it was Chuck Berry. I know Keith Richards. I think Brian Adams did it on one of these very special Christmases. Yeah. Um, I don't remember which one it was. It might have been on the second one. But you you just can't. You can't out Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. I'm sorry. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, it is Brian Adams on the first one. Yeah. See, so that was a pretty big. That was a pretty big. To me, that was the biggest one. one. I know they they had other ones where, you know, they had, there were different, there was like maybe one or two. That first one was, was pretty big. Yeah. And it was written by Johnny Marks and Marvin Brody. All right. Don't know those guys, but, but they did a heck of a job on that Mm -hmm. one. 
for sure. Yeah, the second one had some good ones. They certainly had some really big bands. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they had Aretha on there and they had Ronnie Spector and Darlene Love doing Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. And mm-hmm. uh, Vanessa Williams is on there and they get Sinead O'Connor and Wilson Phillips and stuff like that. The, the Wilson sisters. So, I mean, it was it was big, but it, it's it compared to the first one. It's not the same. Now, I think it sold about half as many. Mm copies but then when they got to the third one you're starting to see smashing pumpkins christmas time if we were all just a little bit younger we would, would probably have that on there you Pro- know? yeah but we hate the smashing pumpkins because they're a bunch of losers <laughs> so you know but, you know it had cheryl crow and blues traveler and hootie and the blowfish Ooh. now chris cornell singing ave maria was powerful it was amazing Yes. But but I mean it's it's not gonna make my list. I mean his voice was <laughs> extraordinary, but it's not, you know, it's not one that I love. Anyway, let's keep moving, shall we? Let's keep going, yes. Well, I see you're already up to five. Okay. So my my six was two thousand miles by the pretenders. I just like Chrissy's voice. Okay. It's also I could have also put in here Christmas time. I think that was on the first the first very special Christmas as well. It was it was have yourself a merry little Christmas. Yeah, it's I, I just think Chrissy's voice is is nice. They play it every year. Mm-hmm. It's just something I look forward to. It's not one that I would ever like. I would run out and buy the single or anything like that. But you're not going to turn it off when it comes on. Though. No, 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 no. I I really like it. You know, uh, I, like I said, I've always liked Chrissy. So yeah, she and Ray Davies had a thing. Ah, uh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. So we're, we're pulling this all together as best <laughs> we can. We're stitching it together as best we can here, folks. <laughs> Between our disdain for the for the genre and the holiday at some point. By the way, an interesting side note is yeah. that, that all my also receiving votes or also rans all had a B feature prominently in there. B. Not, not that if you had a B in your title or your name, you couldn't get on this list, but or on the main list. But yeah, it, it was B. Everything on the on the also receiving votes category has a B in it. All right. So. A weird aside there, but we'll get there to we that go. soon enough. My number five is actually one I probably could have put up a little bit higher. Okay. It's Christmas All Over Again by Tom Petty. Okay. Which was on the second very special Christmas. The first song, actually. And, and to me, it's the one that sells the whole album. And because it's Tom Petty, and I really love Tom Petty, and I lived in Gainesville, Florida, where he's from for a while. And, you know, every fifth or sixth song on the classic rock station is Tom Petty in Gainesville. <laughs> Certainly between Thanksgiving and Christmas. But, yeah, I just, I think it's a funny one. And at the end, he's like asking for a one, a Rick and Bacher guitar, you know, and, <laughs> <laughs> it's just he he had a way of of creating great tunes that resonated with people and you know had boom boom had the big drums in there that i really liked and yeah i just i i just think it's it's a classic rock and roll christmas song he's as classic rock as they get and so yeah number five for me christmas all over again by tom petty decorations by the fire Everybody's singing All the bells are ringing out And it's 
And it's nice too when it's not it's not the song that you've heard a million times. You know, like uh, you were talking about rocking around the Christmas tree or some of the ones on the second one. It's a Christmas song that he can kind of make his own. Like yeah. I think I think when I got to you were talking about Run Run Rudolph. By the time you get to Brian Adams, it's like okay, well now this is kind of the third iteration of this. You didn't really do anything. I mean, it's not that it's a bad version, right? But it's it's kind of the same thing. This is kind of cool because it's. It, it, I'm sure there are other versions, but he to to me this is the one when I think of this song. Absolutely, no, it's it's Tom Petty through mm-hmm. and through. He wrote it. Oh, he did. Okay, okay. Yeah. So there you go. Then it's his own. Then yeah. Then yeah. It's a it's a standalone deal. You don't have to hear anybody else singing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's 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 him and the Heartbreakers recorded it. He wrote it because he's Tom Petty. There you uh, go. And it's I, I I think it's a fun one. All right. So what is your number four? Number four is Happy Christmas War is Over from John Lennon. Gotcha. So we'll go to, th- you want me to go ahead or you want to take one? Well, uh, so Happy Christmas, you know, I didn't realize he did he record that with like the Harlem Choir, like the, the end of it, you know, oh, okay. War is, I didn't realize mm-hmm. that that was, that was true because I guess, was he, already, I don't think he was already living in New York at the time. Maybe he was. Uh, Early 70s, that, I guess I don't he was. He, know. he could have been, or he could have been at least part of the time there. Right. Okay. So no, my four is Mistress yep. for Christmas. I put it up there high, <laughs> just because that that album. I mean, it's the only really like heavy metal, hard rock one that that you're gonna find on my list. Mm-hmm. It came at a time my senior year in high school where we uh, you're full of whatever and <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and so when I got that tape, I got the cassette of the mm-hmm. Razor's Edge. I loved it. And I remember we played it. We, uh, our basketball team got invited to this special invitational tournament that was really for like big schools and we're this tiny little private school. Mm-hmm. And we got invited to be in this, this invitational tournament with all the best schools in the city. And they threw a pep rally for us. And they said, Matt, you got to get us some music that we can come out and like shoot and dunk to and get the kids all riled up. Cause it was like a K through 12 school. So even like the little bitty kids were there. <laughs> Like cheering a song. So I'm like, all right, well, there's this new ACDC album. The first song is really cool. Can really get the crowd fired up. Of course, that was mm-hmm. Thunderstruck. Still, it still works today. Still still works today, you know. Mm-hmm. And I saw so we did fire the Thunderstruck and Fire Guns and, and Money Talks. And they said, all right, Mac, you got to come out and say something as the captain. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll come and say, hey, thanks for coming out. Rude us on. It makes us feel good. And I'm looking around. Nobody told me what to do. So I'm like, <laughs> uh, Okay, we'll do one more song for you, and then we'll get out of here. And it's like, you know, like this is the encore or whatever. So we did Razor's Edge, and then I'm like, you got to turn that off because Mistress for Christmas was next. And we couldn't play it to like the kindergartners. So I'm like, turn it off after this song. How was the tournament, little Johnny? Mommy, what's a mistress? Okay. Exactly. So ask your father. Oh, boy. <laughs> boy. <laughs> ask your father. <laughs> of course, we had drummer Chris Slade who participated on that song on yeah. episode number 81. We didn't ask him about that song, though. I guess we should have him back to. Uh... Uh, uh, we could definitely have him back for that because that was a great conversation, one that uh, got cut off a little too short. Yeah, he was super generous at the time, but it was just yeah. we just kept going. We just kept asking questions from every point <laughs> of his extraordinary career. And it's like, is it really been an hour? Holy mackerel. Yeah. <laughs> super nice guy. All right, well, then who's your number three now? Number three is uh, U2, Baby, Please Come Home. Gotcha. 
Okay. Gotcha. All mm-hmm. right. Well, mm-hmm. and my number three is Run Run Rudolph by Chuck and eventually Keith. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if it's the original rock and roll Christmas song, but I mean, it's got to be close. I would think it was like 1958, I think he did that. So yeah, it's got to be pretty close. Run Run Rudolph is a Christmas song written by Chuck Berry, but credited to Johnny Marks and M. Brody due to Marks' mm. trademark on the character Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Always somebody sticking their hands in Chuck's money. I was going to say, so does that mean he didn't get paid on that? Or how does that, I can have, I have a hard feeling uh, believing Chuck Berry didn't get paid, but. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, recorded by Berry, released on chess. It's a lot like, I mean, if you take Johnny Be Good and Little Queenie and squeeze them together, it's it's kind of what you have right here. <laughs> Rudolph, to make it in town. Honestly, uh, but I mean, yeah, it's it's very good, and it ran up the charts back in the day. But yeah, you're right. Keith's version is cool, and I, I guess he did it. Was it '78 uh, or so? Could have been, yeah. And that was about the time that he got busted for heroin at the border, mm-hmm. and he had to do you know the concert for the blind to get out of going to jail for however long he was going <laughs> to go to jail. He was going to go to jail for a long, long time. <laughs> And so, yeah, I remember in the heady days of Napster, that was one of the ones I had to download because, mm-hmm. I mean, wait, I, I, did, I doubt they ever put that on CD single. I bet you the only way you can find Keith's Run Run Rudolph is to buy the old 45. Mm-hmm. Did I even put that on the best of Keith that I made uh, for you? No, that was not on there. See, that's an oversight. I was probably like, oh, it's a holiday song. I'll put it on my holiday songs record. And I did make one of those at some point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's probably, dig, I'll yeah. dig that out and I'll double check that. But I, I, I think you're right. I don't know that I did. By the way, I hope you keep that because I don't have one and I don't have the means to make another one. So, oh no, I still have it. Don't worry. Okay, don't good. worry. That's yeah, in the uh, yes, good. the temperature controlled airtight vault. Just so you know, folks. Yes, during the heady days of Napster, not only did I have like a computer so I could rip all this like stuff that I wanted to hear and and didn't want to have to buy to do it, but I also had this cool printer so. I I could design a CD cover and design a booklet or whatever. So I put together this, what I thought was a killer best of Keith solo and his songs singing for the Rolling Stones. And I don't think I got every single one. And some of it was the Barbarians, even though one wasn't really, it was Nicky Hopkins with some of the Barbarians on. <laughs> it wasn't really Little Troublemaker. That one was oh, on. That there. was uh, Ian McLaggen. Oh, it's Ian McLaggen, sorry. Yes. Nicky Hopkins, Ian McLaggen, one of those guys. <laughs> who played with the stones mm-hmm. but i mean like ronnie was probably on it like some of the other guys were on it and it it sounded a lot like keith so anyway I it's a great it. song too yeah so i popped it on there even though it wasn't mm-hmm. really keith it's a collector's item if you can find one available on uh i'll, I'll put it on rare vinyl rare, rare vinyl yes on ugly american werewolf records correct <laughs> You know, at least somebody on rarevinyl.com got the news and they bought like a couple hundred quid worth of stuff yesterday. Oh, I'm nice. Like, yeah, do that because then you can save 20 quid and maybe you get all your shipping knocked off or whatever. You got people on there buying one $12 
record. Oh, my way good for you. You saved a pound 20. Way to go. <laughs> Enjoy your Taylor Swift album, you moron. Order in bulk, people. Hi, this is Steve Kilby from The Church, and you're listening to The Ugly American Werewolf in London. All right, who is your number two? Okay, number two is From a Very Special Christmas, Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC. Nice. I love this song so much. I love it so much. I do too. And I kind of, I don't forget, but it pushes back in my mind until I watch Die Hard again. I'm like, that's right. When they're in the limo, going to the deal, Christmas and Hollis, and it's just fish out of water. Hey, that'll work. Christmas music. This is Christmas music. It's the greatest song. The video is fantastic. I think they spent maybe 50 bucks making it. Probably. Yeah, it's just, it's it's funny. It's awesome because it was like kind of our introduction. Not introduction, but like, you know, kind of you're putting your toe in the water with rap. Like, yeah, I know rap. What are you talking about? Run DMC are awesome. And it was really, it wasn't a song that had been recorded anywhere else. Right. And so it's just, th- this one is Christmas to me. It's Christmas in Hollis. Yes. This came out when we were like 14, 15. Mm-hmm. We're huge into MTV. Yes, we like rap. Yes, we like rock and roll. We like pop. We liked everything at that point. And, and this was easily the biggest song off the album. I think so, yeah. Easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not, not even close. There's some other ones on here that, that have become sort of favorites, but nothing like Christmas in Hollis. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they probably spent more on the craft service table than they did on the set. Yeah, correct. Yes. For that. But uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love it. Y- you might you might hear it again here very shortly. Okay. Because my number two is simply having a wonderful Christmas time by Paul. I, I, I just... Okay. It, it, I just remember hearing it as a very little kid, and it's got that very 70s. Yeah. Simply having. You see the video, they're kind of out in the snow. It's very Paul. It, I mean, it's just the dichotomy between Paul, the happy, impish, everything's going to be all right, mm-hmm. simply having one of Christmas time versus John Lennon's. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is Christmas. And, and what, what have you done, you yeah, sack exactly. of shit? <laughs> You think you're special? There's people dying in Vietnam. They're special too. Don't you think? Oh, gosh, I didn't think about that. No, you didn't. Because you're a piece of shit like everyone else. Wow. Okay. Sorry. Didn't. That got dark in a hurry. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Paul's just trying to have a good time. Exactly. He's trying to remember you. It's Christmas and it's fun. Right. You know, and we just did that show on Band on the Run. Mm-hmm. And, and talked about how Paul had, that was the one that kind of sustained them through the 70s. But by 1979, like wings were totally done, right? They just right. couldn't do it anymore. Nobody really wanted to be a part of it anymore. Their final album was Back to the Egg in 79. It didn't do great. And so he started working on McCartney 2, which would come out in 1980. But released in 1979, November, was simply having wonderful Christmas time and mm-hmm. Rudolph the Red Nose Reggae instrumental was the B side of it, which I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that either until I read it for this. Like, okay, interesting. Uh it didn't do great. Six in the UK, but then like twenty eight Billboard, twenty nine Adult Contemporary, twenty one on the Rolling Stone Top One Hundred. 
Christmas songs, I guess, with double platinum in the UK, and that's cool, but didn't do as well. Kylie Minogue eventually sung it. I would, mm. If I was Paul McCartney, I would make Kylie come to my house and tell me why she wanted to, <laughs> to do it. And he was, he was between wives at that point, you know, I feel like, so... That's mm. that's the way I would have negotiated that. <laughs> so he would have played that deal. Okay. Yeah, so. <laughs> the mood is right. The spirit's up. We're here tonight. And that's enough. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. So, but yes, but so number one is Christmas and Hollis off the original Very Special Christmas. It's it's really not even close for me. Okay. Until I hear that song, it's not really Christmas. And as soon as it comes in on, you just, you crank that right up, man. I love it. You know, I love DMC, Run DMC. I mean, as a 13, 14 year old, I couldn't have loved Run DMC anymore. I mean, I know the Beastie Boys were big because they were white. Yeah. But yeah. To, to me, it'll always be Run DMC. Yeah, I, I, you're right. And, and even though it's weird, too, because even though the Beastie Boys were from New York, just like Run DMC, I always think of them, you know, when you say New York and then rap, it's always Run DMC first. Not that I don't love the Beastie Boys. It's just Absolutely. whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, they were rich kids, right? Rich Jewish kids. And they liked rap. Sure. Okay. Good mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Glad you like it. But, you know, they're, they're singing about being from Manhattan. Run DC sings about being from Queens, you know. Mom's cooking chicken in collard greens. So good. And, not, yeah, not to mention, don't you want to eat what they're eating? Chicken, yes. collard yes. greens, macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Oh, my God. That sounds good. I want some right now. <laughs> so oh, good. Yes. My favorite rock Christmas song. That's, so that's no, number, number one, one for you. Okay. Yes. Christmas trees decorate the house with lights at night. Snows on the ground, snow white, so bright. In the fireplace is the Yule log. Beneath the mistletoe, as we drink eggnog, the rhymes that you hear are the rhymes of carols. Like each and every year, we bust Christmas carols. carols. I thought this would be on here somewhere before, but number one for me is Do They Know It's Christmas? Oh my god, Mm -hmm. you didn't. I did. Explain to me why mm-hmm. you chose this as number one. Because it is, I remember when it came out and I remember like this was huge. This was what, 84, 85, something like that. It was huge. There's no doubt about it. And yeah. I just remember thinking like everybody that's cool is in this video. You had Duran Duran, Tre- uh, Check, Sting was in it, Check, yep. Bono from U2. I didn't realize that there was a very fresh-faced Mr. Gary Kemp in this also. Oh, uh, yeah. Makes an appearance in the background. I just, it reminds me of Christmas 1985 or whatever it is. I love this song. And it, it might it's not even really so much for the song. It's the memories that come up from this. I'm not going to tell you that, like, I love this, you know, I can, can I listen to it on its own? Like, if you, if you gave it to me now, I'd be like, nah, whatever. But it's just the memory that it's tied to from those Christmases will always be special to me. Well, it was 1984. It was 84. Uh, okay. And they put it together fast. Like, they, they recorded it, was, yeah, it in it November of 84, and it was out December 3rd of 84. Yeah. So 
They they really cranked it out. Pretty impressive. Yeah, and it mm. all went to raising money for folks in Ethiopia who've been suffering from famine. Mm-mm. So you can't knock it. Right. Phil Collins on the drums. Come on. You know, yeah, and they, they reissued it the next year uh, in 1985. So you could kind of continue to help feed the world, right? Correct. So, yeah, no, you 2 were there. Duran mm-hmm. Duran were there. Sting was there. Cool and the gang were there, which, you know always down with jody watley was there yeah i forgot she was there and i really forgot how attractive she was oh yeah she probably still is i mean i, I didn't realize she was in shalimar i just knew uh, her as jody watley with mickey free i mean i guess that cat mickey free that cat no i didn't <laughs> <laughs> i don't know the bananas were there bananarama were there yes. mm-hmm. i totally remember that boy george was there yeah spando george michael i guess all of culture club were there yes so, I mean, it, it was huge. I mean, yeah. it was for MTV, like you could not gotten any more MTV in 1984 than this. Well, that's track. right. Yeah. You know, and it sold what? 3.8 million copies in England. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Two and a half million in the United States and like 12 million around the world, you know? So that's pretty heavy duty. That's, that's definitely, and it, it, we're talking about going to number one all over the place. Not in the U.S. went to 13, which isn't bad, but. West Germany, UK, Switzerland, Sweden, Norway, New Zealand, the Netherlands, Italy, Ireland, Denmark, Canada, Belgium, Austria, and Australia. Unbelievable. In fact, it was the number one single all of 1984 for the UK, even though it wasn't out an entire month of 1984. (laughs) It's like, isn't this wonderful? All of our pop stars are getting together. They're all loving the world. To do this wonderful thing. I left it off my list. I did put it on my honorable mentions. Okay. Because it was, I remember exactly what you're saying. Like it was on MTV all the time and it had all these people in it who I really yeah. dug. And and it was opening my eyes up to like, yeah, you should be more aware that there are people in the world who need help and you've got it pretty good sitting in the suburbs in America. Mm-hmm. However. Yes. I feel pretty shitty about myself 12, 11 and a half <laughs> months of the year, okay? And now it's like, finally to the end of the year, you don't have to work too much. You can eat a little bit more if you want. You can have a few extra drinks, maybe, if that's what you're looking for. Maybe somebody in your family might actually give you something that you want. Or I'll just go pick out something that I like, and I'll say, here, honey, wrap this up. You could say it's from you to me, or you could say it's from the kid to me, whatever. And then I'll get something that I actually want. You know, like a John Wetton box set or something like that. And now you're making me feel shitty that there's people starving while I'm here intentionally getting fatter during this time. Like, I'm intentionally not working out. I'm intentionally eating sweet food that I don't need to eat and salty food. You know, I love the savory stuff. I'm going to drink that extra beer. Oh, there's three beers in the fridge. Well, what good are three beers tomorrow? I'll just drink the last three beers tonight. And now you're making me feel bad about myself or a bunch of people I'm never going to meet you okay you for christmas that's what i say sting you in your mansion okay why don't you just give all of your money to them okay and stop bothering me on the radio during christmas you're rich i'm not how's that make you feel gordon sumner don't need bob geldoff talking me jack shit (laughs) when you put it like that you like mondays i don't like any fucking day bob okay get over yourself (sighs) so no so sorry, everybody else in the world, but you're yes. not going to. Not during Christmas, okay? <laughs> during February, hey, we really need your help. Okay, great. What can I do? You need me to come down and build something for Habitat? You bet. Happy to do it. I got to get back in shape anyway. Yeah, but during Christmas, <laughs> yeah, because I ate, drank too much during Christmas, okay? But stop stop uh, throwing my white privilege in my face, okay? I don't want to hear it. Thank you very much. 
I'm playing with a new doodad that I'm going to break in six weeks. Okay. Oh, forget about it. I don't want to hear about it. Okay. Move to the food. Isn't that what, what was the comedian? Sam Kinison. Kinison. You know what it Move is Move to the food. A desert. Like, you know what it will be in hundred years? A desert. Back that's so horrible. Move to the food. Yeah. I'm like, oh God, that's terrible. Do you have also Rands? Do you have oh, others yes. receiving votes? Oh yes. All right, let's let's hear your others receiving votes category. My other receiving votes. One is a spoken word performance, which of course is Santa Claus and his old lady from Cheech and Chong. Oh, that's that's good. I'm surprised that didn't make it. That's I good. love it. I only, I didn't put it on there only because it is. It's not really a song. It's just a yeah. performance. It's just so goofy. And so it it, it kind of takes the a little bit of the piss out of Christmas too about yeah. you know how he moved up to oh he had to get his head together man oh <laughs> a little a bunch of little weirdos huh I can I can dig it nice. I love that I love Blue Christmas from Elvis just because it's over the top cheese yeah it's and my Elvis list. and and that's you know one of those like Elvis can do whatever he wants just let him put out that that's fine. Absolutely. And then it's not really so much the song Little Drummer Boy by David Bowie and Bing Crosby, but when you watch them together, I don't know who thought that was a good idea. I would love to have heard Bing's reaction after that. He's damn weirdo here I got to work with. It's so painfully strange. It's awesome. Yeah, I know. And it, even their interaction before they sing the song is... That's the scripted... It, it's hilarious. Yes, yeah. yes. Hey, you know, I heard about that. You know, I tried White Christmas. Oh, you know. <laughs> oh, boy. Come on, just yeah. get through this. Agents coming down the chimney? Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you go in for any of the traditional things in the uh, boy household Christmas time? Oh, yeah, most of them, really, yeah. Presents, tree, decorations, agents sliding down the chimney. What? I was just seeing if you're paying attention. <laughs> so, yeah, my list is actually kind of big here. Um, okay. And remember, it, they all have a B tie-in somewhere. Yeah, right. Blue Christmas by Elvis. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's Elvis. You know, it's... <laughs> I want to make a Christmas. Okay. Whatever you say, Elvis. Yeah, okay. exactly. Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree. Okay. I mean, it's yeah. a little old timey. That's why I didn't make it. But it's a good one. I put Band-Aid, another B, do they okay. know it's Christmas? If we were a little older, we might have put Beach Boys Little St. Nick on there. I was thinking about that one. Yeah, that definitely that's definitely on my list too. That's just yeah, it's just a little bit too like I mean, I don't hate it, but it just doesn't It's a little too I old never, school. Yeah, I never listened to it as a kid, so Yeah. Yeah. Eartha Kid Santa Baby. All right. Yes didn't make my list because i'm not a slutty girl and that's what i'm thinking about when i hear this song like <laughs> you hear this bimbo like santa baby i'll bring you something good if you bring me something good i'm like yeah i'm sure a lot of women like this i don't <laughs> but i don't turn it off either yeah uh-huh. uh, you know is the thing i put darlene loves baby please come home on here mm-hmm. being the original and she's awesome bruce the boss springsteen santa claus is coming to town yeah also on the original very special christmas mm-hmm. <sighs> 
I mean, he was probably fairly close. That one was definitely on the bubble, yeah. It's just there's something about it. Plus, he's laughing during it like, I can't believe I have to do this kind of thing. <laughs> Maybe he's just having fun laughing, but it's like, <laughs> I can't believe I'm singing a fucking Christmas <laughs> I'm usually talking about people losing their jobs or, you know, you know, not Looking coming home from Bill, Vietnam. Yeah. And here I am singing the Christmas <laughs> song. Yeah. Bowie and Bing doing a little drummer boy. I mean, it's it's too odd not to bring up. Yeah. And I'm just thinking like, ah, I'd like to beat this guy more than I'd beat my kids. It's yeah, just exactly. what was going That's, through Bing's Yeah, head. I got to put up with this damn hippie talking about the marijuana cigarettes and everything. Yeah. Just drink 20 martinis like a real man. Yeah, I know. And then. Take off your belt and show your kids who's the head of the household. <laughs> of course, Gary Crosby was in a, a couple of Elvis movies. Okay. He was in Girl Happy. He was a member of his band. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I remember that one. And then the Eagles had one. Bells will be ringing. I don't oh, even know if that's, that's the right, right title, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, with yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Which is probably like, hey, we need money for Christmas. And then, you know, their manager's like, well, then make a Christmas song, you know, and then you can make money for Christmas and you can make money every Christmas. And Glenn and Don would probably be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I like that. I like the sound of that. What was the name of it? Is it Please Come Home for Christmas? Please Come Home for Christmas. Yeah, there is we that- go. 1978. Yeah. Because the Eagles were taking so damn long to make the long run. They're like, we got to do something. You got to release something. It's been... You put it's 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 1978. Your last album came out in 76. Like we we've been waiting for the long run for a long time. You've got to do something. And so they, they put that one out. And it's obvious you can hear. I mean, Charles Brown is kind of a legendary songwriter, but you as soon as you hear Henley's voice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I would have thought they he wrote that, but apparently not. Yeah. B-side was Funky New Year. So maybe they're like, hey, not only can we get a Christmas single out there, but maybe we can own the New Year's market of songs, too, <laughs> which is like, dude, A, New Year's is a non-holiday. B, how long are you going to play that for? Are you going to play that from the 26th to the 31st? <laughs> They did it in Miami with Simsic, their longtime producer. Mm-hmm. So it worked out, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> bon Jovi covered it too. But yeah, that's that's my top 10. That's your top 10. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of overlap here. G- give me your top 10, 10 to 1 again. Or okay. give it, no, give it from top to bottom. Give it, okay. give it so 1 to 10. 1 was uh, Band-Aid, 2, Christmas and Hollis, 3, uh, U2, Baby Please Come Home. Four was John Lennon, five, Chuck Berry, six were the Kinks, seven, Jingle Bell Rock, eight, Wonderful Christmas, nine, Last Christmas from Wham, and of course, 10, Mistress for Christmas. And mine was number one, Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC, number two, uh, Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul, Run Run Rudolph by Chuck and Keith was three. Mistress for Christmas was four. It's Christmas All Over Again by Tom Petty's five. Pretenders was six. U2, Baby Please Come Home, seven. John Lennon was eight. Bobby Helms, Jingle Bell Rock was nine. And the Kinks were number 10. So a lot more overlap than I thought there would be just because, I mean, we do have a lot of options. Yeah. And, and I was kind of looking just for like, did I miss something like rock and roll Christmas songs? Next year might be a little better because there's a lot of bad Christmas songs. There's a lot of songs I've never even heard of before by people right. like, like big, like there was some queen Christmas song that I'm like, this is just terrible. I could yeah. tell, or you could kind of tell that maybe some of these people were really into it, but some of these people maybe weren't. Like you said, the Christmas song is one of those deals where it's kind of a scam. You know, if you record right. it now, it'll come back every year. So, well, all right, let's just do one. It doesn't mean it's good. 
That's right. It's not like your heart's into it or I've really written this thing really well. Right. You, you have no connection to it. I think that was the, the, the very special Christmas. It sounded like at least everybody was on board for this. I kind of get a feeling that some of these, they were not. You're right, you know. And, and, and sometimes you get something like D. Snyder wrote a song, The Magic of Christmas Day, which Celine Dion covered and did okay, okay with it. And he's like, does she know who I am? And they're like, no. He's like, good. Don't tell her. <laughs> yeah, you might not be happy that she's covering it, but you do get happy when that check shows up in the mailbox. Absolutely. Celine Dion sells, I don't know who buys them, but millions around, yeah. you know, around the world. Yeah, it's it's something that a lot of artists do like, you know, okay, you've got to re-record your biggest hit in Spanish, you know. You've got to make a B-side, you know, for a different B-side for another part of the world. Just put anything together, we don't care. And it's usually something that notice Mariah Carey was not on either of our lists. What? No. Well, she's not rock and roll, you know. She's right. R and B. I don't like that song either. I, you know, I, I don't like most Christmas songs. <laughs> and if if you if you <laughs> if you really want to know how to piss me off, <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Okay. Just write just it. listen to it. We'll write that one down. Yeah. You know, when you're super annoyed and you think it's over, ah, here it comes again. Here comes the chorus six more times. You know, and my <laughs> wife is one of those people who don't realize you can't play the same song twice in a row. Hmm. I'm like, maybe you could do heat of the moment twice in a row, but anything else, you mm-hmm. you know, you have to play something else for an hour until you come back to that song. <laughs> she loves the song and I hate the song so much that I hate him. I hate his mother for having him. I don't even know who he is. I don't even know who he is. And apparently he's done a bunch of Christmas songs. So I'm like, why that one? Why is that one the one you want to play six times in a row? It's the most annoying, obnoxious Christmas song ever. I hate oh, it. Randy. So look forward to that next year when we do our <laughs> top 10 most hated Christmas songs. Some of Jackson's are going to be on. Some of Jackson's favorites are going to be on my list. <laughs> it's going to be a two-hour extravaganza. But hey, Merry Christmas, everyone. No, but seriously. I, I do hope everyone has a restful time of year. It doesn't really matter if you celebrate Christmas or not. The end of the year is a time to reflect, count your blessings, be with people who actually give a shit about you. <laughs> Unlike the people you spend most of your time work with at work, in the office and stuff like that, or at school or wherever. Absolutely. And honestly, like now is the time of year, you know, you're supposed to reflect and Thanks, everybody, for listening. I mean, we do this to have fun, but if you enjoy the show, we appreciate it. We really do. It means a lot more to us than it probably should. <laughs> it, but it, it really does. I mean, when people send us emails and say, hey, listen, I love your show, or I've been listening for a long time, and I just wanted to, to let you know, it, it brightens our day like mm-hmm. almost nothing else could. you know. And when we get positive reviews, it's like, wow, somebody took a, their time to say, hey, these guys are good, and I I like it. So, and we just got to talk to a, uh, a listener of ours, Nige, mm-hmm. uh, who had commented how much he liked our new spinoff show, First Confident Memories. And so we w- we wanted to reach out to Nige and say, hey, thanks for the compliments, and thanks for listening. It really does mean the world to us. And as long as you're listening, we'll keep cracking them out. Absolutely. So Merry Christmas and Happy New Year! So open your eyes, lend us an ear. We want to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year! 
that's our list of top 10 rock and roll Christmas songs from the Wolf and Action Jackson. Maybe a little controversy in there. Some people are going to like the songs we like. Some people are going to be upset that we left some songs off there. Some people are going to be upset about the things I said about their songs. But ho, 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 Merry Christmas. You go enjoy what you like. I'll enjoy what I like. And most importantly here, hey, I don't care if you're Christian or you celebrate Christmas or not. Let's take this time of year to count our blessings, to be with people who we love, to take a little downtime from the rat race that is, yes, it gives us, it sustains us, it gives us places to live and food to eat, but it also sucks the soul right out of you. So take a little time to enjoy doing things you like, whether it's listening to music, spending time with friends, eating that extra piece of cake, maybe having that extra beer. Just don't drive. Listen to your favorite music. That's what Jackson and I are going to do. And we appreciate you all listening more than we can even tell you. And if you want to give us a positive review someplace, please do so. Like we said, it means the world to us and it helps us find more rock and rollers like you. And we want to know, do we get something right? Do we get something wrong? Do we miss the point or leave out your favorite part? Hey, email us. It's UglyAmericanWerewolf at gmail.com. You can tell us the bands, the albums, the concerts, the DVDs, the Christmas songs that you want to hear us talk about here on the show. And thanks to Pantheon Podcast for making us part of the family. And get to RareVinyl.com, guys, especially you all in the UK. You got a little time left. Go to RareVinyl.com. Find something for that special someone or something that you've always wanted and no one's ever gotten for you. Use a code UGLY, save yourself 10%. You've got time to get it before the holidays. Now, coming up, we're going to have our year in review. We're talking about all the albums, all the authors, all the podcasters, all the artists and legends, all the shows and concerts that we've reviewed this year, and all the new stuff we've introduced to the show. It's going to be a fun one. We're going to break it up and do a couple of parts. So you've got that to look forward to to wrap up the year here on Ugly American Werewolf. That's it. I'm out. So be cool and keep doing what you do to keep rock alive. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.